Hello and welcome to the AMA Update video and podcast. Burnout is one of the most pressing issues in medicine affecting everyone from physicians to residents and medical students. Today we're discussing the well-being of the medical educators who train them. With me to discuss this on the heels of Women in Medicine Month is an inspiring woman physician leader, certified coach, and physician wellness expert. Dr. Charlene Dewey is the director of the Center for Professional Health and chair of the Faculty Wellness Committee at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Dr. Dewey, welcome. Thank you, Todd. Thank you to everyone who's allowed these kind of discussions to take place, especially the AMA. Um, it's so necessary and definitely appreciate it. Well, you've studied and taught burnout extensively over the years, including among medical educators. How do you think educators are feeling right now? And how does it compare to the general trend of burnout that we're seeing across medicine? Right. Um, the quick answer is I think they're exhausted. I think they're overwhelmed. Um, and what we're seeing, unfortunately, after the pandemic, of course, is that the pandemic is not done, nor is the effects and the burnout on the healthcare provider or the medical educator. That's very interesting. What do you think are some of the key factors that are contributing to burnout among educators? Well, one of the things that I say that we in medical education have is that never ending to-do list. There's one project, there's another committee project, there's another this, another that, and these things just kind of keep perpetuating itself, but in a good way, because you're getting things done, you're accomplishing things, but that to-do list never goes away. And in fact, I was just coaching a young, female physician about this yesterday, when she feels like her to-do list isn't going down. And it doesn't necessarily go down in academic medicine. We tend to have thing after thing after thing after thing. And therefore, it feels like it's a never-ending list. Um, there's also that blurred in the boundaries of when you're done with your work and when you're not done with your work. How do you integrate work-life balance together when you have so many things to do and you're still doing some of those things at home, those boundaries start to get blurred. So definitely in, for, you know, for medical educators in academic medicine, we see that they're feeling overwhelmed and exhausted with everything that's gone on, the changes they've had to made to make pretty quickly in the pandemic, through the pandemic, and now on the tail end of the pandemic, still trying to adjust. And that's a hard place to be for any human being where the flux and the change is almost a daily routine. How do you think that's different for medical educators, you know, versus other folks out there that, you know, maybe they've gone back to work or, you know, in the office? What is it about this particular situation? Is there kind of a catch up problem, uh, you know, now that students are kind of back, uh, back on location, or what is it? It, I think it's multifactorial, right? And that there are these multiple things you have to do with students or with learners, residents, trainees in general, versus your own career path, okay, versus service to the institution, versus service to the community, which is your patient care. So there's these multiple hats that the academic physician um, has to wear, and all of those things has their own pressing needs to it. Do you find any particular differences, let's say, along gender lines, for instance? Along gender lines? 
So we certainly have some evidence, the Shanafel articles, the AMA assessments, that in general, women tend to bear most of the home-related responsibilities to childcare, and that seems to certainly add another layer of stress and challenge for the female academic physician, where they are maybe also responsible for childcare, childcare pickup, you know, those get the cupcakes for the after-school game, um, things like that, that just adds one more layer of things on, on their to-do list. Not to mention um, that the study that came out that Dr. Shanafelt did in the early, I guess it was 2021. Okay, I think it was published in 2022. Um, most people, physicians who responded to that survey actually were women, and they definitely highlighted that that work-life integration and the childcare responsibilities were significant. And also in the AMA paper, what we actually saw in that one, we saw a little bit in which male resident physicians actually had a little bit higher um, satisfaction at work compared to females. And yet there was almost a one-to-one -one ratio in that study of male to females. And then females also experienced higher levels of work stress and burnout. Now, we talk a lot about burnout, of course, and well-being uh, at the AMA. Uh, and uh, I would say, you know, most of the focus is on physicians and sometimes uh, students and residents, obviously. Um, but that issue is often overlooked when it comes to medical educators. Medicine doesn't stand still. And at the AMA, neither do we. AMA members are physicians like you who are shaping the future of medicine. Become a member today and join the movement. Visit ama-assn.org slash movingmedicine. What do you think is an important first step that institutions can take to improve the well-being of their faculty? I think always the first step is to recognize that it is something that is concerning and that we should all be paying attention to. Um, it's too, too common where I hear someone who contacts me and says, I think I'm at burnout, but my organization doesn't do anything about it. So it's really one of those things that if we look into the academic setting, they experience all the sources of burnout that Maslach talks about. And in the resident studies, we see that as well, right? So in the medical educator, it's not gonna be any different as far as those sources, maybe in different proportions, but they're gonna probably have all of them. So any organization, any academic setting, the first thing we need to do is raise the awareness, talk about it, get people to understand that how they're feeling might actually be burnout, okay? Or is it overexhaustion? And what can we do to help reduce that? So if we think about the first thing to do, it's talk about it, it's recognize it, it's making it part of the conversation so that people don't have to retreat into themselves and try and figure out a way to fix it. But the organization and the individual together have to make changes that are going to address burnout. Burnout is generally always multifactorial and not one thing is going to actually solve it for everyone. So recognize it, talk about it, start taking action. 
when we find that there are places that has significant sources and that work overload, that part of not having a clear boundary of when you go home versus when work is done um, for the medical educator, especially those things of the responsibility around the learners and you know the patient, the balancing piece, anything that we can do to put in programs or resources that help reduce any of those burnout sources, then we're going to do better for the people in that organization. I think leadership is one of the clear ones as well. The leadership part, the more the leader understands it, recognizes it, sets a culture of acceptance and a tone of we're here to help, we're going to support. Um, you're not somebody who just gets thrown away just because you experience burnout, mm -hmm. but we embrace what you have to offer and we want to help you feel like you are at your best every day. That's the role that an organization should be playing. Now, you mentioned resident burnout uh, in your comments and I wanna turn to that just for a bit. The AMA's latest residency well-being report shows that uh, more than two out of five residents are feeling burnout. Is this in line with what you're seeing uh, at your institution? Is there a connection between resident burnout and uh, faculty burnout that we're talking about? I would, I would say I don't know the exact number of burnout from my own institution, but I will say in general, um, and over the past few decades, we have seen that ratio or proportion of people at burnout not really change that much, okay? Um, somewhere between 30 to 60% most of the time, as high as 70% in residents. The last AMA paper looked at about, you know, 40% or so. And so um, it hasn't gotten better, but we've also just been through a, a significant pandemic. so. Part of me says I wouldn't expect it to be better right away. Um, when we went through the pandemic, there was a term called the pandemic trauma and stress experience. And I remember when I talked about that in presentation saying, we don't know what the ripple effect of this is gonna be. And we don't know how many years it's gonna take for us to actually get past the effects of this. And so I feel like we are still in that ripple effect. And so even we showed that, I think the evidence that the AMA was able to emphasize that it was worse than it was in 2021 is kind of on par with what I expect is going to happen. And I just don't know when it will actually get better. Now we know that uh, from our research that the drivers of physician burnout are often at the system level. Now, when you think about residents and faculty burnout, and you think about that, same source, or are there larger issues in graduate medical education that are a root cause? I'm going to say same sources, slightly different proportions in a way. Um, in, in the last AMA paper, in the 2022 results, what they actually showed that residents still had difficulty with work overload and sources of um, not being sufficiently rewarded, okay, and their lack of control over situations, their own schedules. Those things still happen to faculty, but slightly different proportions. I have a little bit more control as a faculty member on my schedule than a resident's going to have on their schedule. 
Same sources, slightly different proportions. Same sources with administrative burden and EHR kind of things, right? Maybe a little bit higher in physicians, um, in, in faculty attending levels, but still present for residents in training. And we actually saw that in the AMA paper as well, that that time that they have to spend doing the administrative burden type test might not be quite as high as the physicians, but it's significant enough that it takes, takes away or detracts from the reason they came to medicine in the first place, which is to take care of patients. So I think the sources are the same in maybe slightly different proportions. All right. Dr. Dewey, before we go, I've got one final question for you. From your perspective as a certified wellness coach, what advice do you have for medical, education, med medical educators out there who suspect that they might be experiencing burnout right now? Yes, my first and greatest thing is to let them know they're not alone. There are many of us who have been out there and have experienced burnout. I say for myself, it's probably experienced it at least three times. Um, and the second is, is that knowing that you're not alone also means there are people that can help. And then the third most important thing that means that when you get help, that means you can overcome it. It's not a career ending thing. As a medical educator, those challenges, we just need sometimes a little bit of focused effort on ourselves and what we're doing within our medical education careers in order to actually prioritize what is most valuable, what's most necessary at this point in time until we can safely get through the burnout period because the self-care piece of this is critical. And we don't really see people get out of the burnout without that self-care. So that piece for medical educators that are kind of always trying to climb that ladder towards success and promotion and things like that, um, it's to understand that it's okay to put some pauses at times to allow yourself to just do those things that are really critical for you and for your learners so that you can bring your best self to work. And I think those three things, knowing you're not alone, knowing that there's people out there ready to help and knowing that you'll be successful in getting through it with changes at work and for yourself, but never underestimating how much taking care of yourself should be the priority. Dr. Dewey, that is great advice. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, reducing physician burnout, including burnout in medical educators, is an important pillar of the AMA Recovery Plan for America's physicians. And you can learn more about our, our ongoing work at ama-assn.org recovery. That's it for today's episode, and we'll be back soon with another AMA update. In the meantime, find all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us today. Let's take care.